Welcome to the Arena Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. Am I right? Friends to cry with, friends to chat with, friends to laugh with. Yeah, we've heard today that laughter is really important. Having a friend to laugh with is important. Having a friend who knows exactly what you need when you need it is important too. On Wednesday, I'd gone to my office. I work at Queen's Medical Centre and I'd climbed the stairs from A floor to E floor and it's quite a climb. And as I was walking, I was like, oh, I don't know if I want to do today. I went through the door and there on my desk was a proper cup of coffee. I'm talking an Americano, a Costa coffee. This doesn't happen on a normal NHS day. We normally get instant. But I turned to my friend who was in the room my colleague and I said "Uh, is this for me and she said yeah she said I thought you might just need it and I really did I really really did need a proper cup of coffee coffee friendship great combination but today I don't want to talk to you about that friend I want to talk to you about a different friend his name is Jesus I get the privilege today of opening up a new series Who is this man? And today I get to talk about this man is Jesus. And what I want you to remember is this. Jesus is a friend of sinners. Have you got it? Yeah? Yeah. Jesus is a friend. Is there anybody out there apart from Christian? Because right now I can't hear anybody else. Say after me, Jesus is a friend of sinners. sinners. Great, because if you say it, you've also heard it and it's in there. I've got a question because you might not know this man, Jesus. Who do you think Jesus is? Not what your friends told you, but who do you think Jesus is? Jesus asked this same question to the disciples. We're going to read together from Matthew 16, verses 13 to 20, and it'll be on the screens. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, He asked his disciples, who do people say the son of man is? The disciples replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets. Jesus was like, no, 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 no. Who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Messiah, it means the chosen one. It means the anointed one. It means the one to free people held captive from sin. Who is this man, Jesus? There's a saying, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. It's actually something we speak over our boys. Show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Because your friends can influence your future. But actually the Bible puts it this way and I love it. In Proverbs 13, verse 20, walk with the wise, become wise. Associate with fools and get in trouble. It's something you really need to instill in arena students. Walk with the wise and become wise. But we're talking about this man, Jesus. So let's have a look at his friends. We're going to look firstly at the disciples. Has anybody ever heard of them? Yeah, probably most of us. There were 12 of them in total, and we're not going to look at all of them today. We're going to look at a few of them. 
There were 12 ordinary men. There were fishermen in there, tax collector, politician, Simon the Zealot. There was a treasurer. We're going to look at Matthew. He was Jesus' friends, friend even. He was a tax collector. Tax collector, not overly popular today sometimes. True? But actually, in Jesus' time, really unpopular. Because not only did they take the taxes and give it to the government, but they took a bit more and kept it for themselves. They were thieves and they were known as sinners. That wasn't enough to keep Jesus away, though. Matthew 9, verse 9 to 12, will tell us how Jesus met Matthew. Jesus was walking along. He saw a man named Matthew sitting at his tax collector's booth. Follow me and be my disciple, Jesus said to him. So Matthew got up and followed him. Later, Matthew invited Jesus and his disciples to his home as dinner guests, along with many tax collectors and many more sinners. What does this tell us about who this man, Jesus, is? It tells us that Jesus meets people where they are at. He went up to Matthew. It tells us that Jesus has a presence. He has an authority. Matthew didn't engage in conversation. He literally said, okay, I'm going to get up. I'm going to leave the bad stuff, the the tax stuff, and I'm going to follow you. It tells me that Jesus is likable. Matthew was straight up. He wanted to be with him. But not only that, he wanted to share his friends with him. He invited them to eat with him. More sinners, more tax collectors. You see, Jesus sees bad, past the bad stuff. He really does. He doesn't focus on that. He focuses on the man. He focuses on the woman. He focuses on us. But Jesus is a friend of sinners. I'm going to talk about another disciple now called Peter. And if you've been in church a while, you might have heard somebody say, I'm going to read it from the NIV version or the NLT version or the message version. If you don't mind, I'm going to bring it to you in the HB version, the Helen Bailey version. But it's still true to what the Bible says. I've not taken it out of context. I'm just making it a little bit more succinct. Okay, Peter. Peter was a friend of Jesus. Peter lied. Jesus actually said to Peter, you're going to deny that you know me. And Peter was like, no, I won't. Jesus said, you will. Peter said, no, you won't. No, I won't. Jesus said, you will. And you know what? It was true. He did. Peter got three opportunities to tell the truth. Not one, not two, three. And you know, each time he lied, he denied I don't know Jesus. I don't know that man. Have you ever been in a shop and you want to get in the shop and get out of the shop because you're in a rush or you just don't feel like talking to anybody and then all of a sudden you see somebody that you know and you think, oh, how am I going to get out of the shop without talking? Is it only me? (laughs) So you pretend that you've not seen them I don't do this, by the way, because I saw Chris. I don't know where he is in Tesco the other day, and I did say hello. But anyway, you don't want to talk. You just need to get going. And so you make your way to the checkout, and you pretend that nobody's seen you. And you stood there, and you're trying to get out of the shop, and all of a sudden you get a tap on your shoulder. And you turn around, and you go, ooh, 
I thought I recognised you, but I wasn't sure it was you. Peter took this to a whole new level. He was like, oh, I'm not sure it was Jesus. No, I don't know him. He spent three and a half years with him. No, I don't know him. Peter lied. Peter denied. Peter sinned. But what does it tell us about who Jesus is? Jesus is a friend of sinners. Jesus knew what was going to happen before it happened. Yeah? But he didn't blank Peter. He didn't befriend him, you know, like you can do on Facebook, unfriend. He didn't do any of that. He saw past the fault. He still wanted to be his friend. You see, Jesus is a friend of sinners. Let's move to some more disciples. We've got James and we've got John. They were brothers and they were nicknamed the Sons of Thunder. What a nickname. Let me tell you why. They were the disciples and Jesus. Oh, I've just seen Chris. Hello. <laughs> they were disciples. They were, sorry, I got distracted there. <laughs> they were James and John, sons of thunder. Okay. When villagers heard that James was passing, sorry, that Je- Jesus was passing in Samaria, they didn't want Jesus to come. James and John were outraged. They were like, why don't they want Jesus and the rest of the disciples to pass through this village? Jesus said, it's okay, we'll just, you know, go a different way. But they were like, no, Jesus, come on, let's call fire down and burn the entire village. (laughs) Can you see why they got the name Sons of Thunder? There was another time where Jesus said to them, someone will betray me and I will die. Their response was, when you do, and then when we join you, can we sit next to you in heaven? Can you see why they got the name Sons of Thunder? It's a little bit like Jack, who's my 17-year-old who's learning to drive. And actually, he drove back from the quiz last night. He could have had a conversation with me and said, Mom, you know, if you die, can I have your car? <laughs> it's not great, is it? <laughs> it's not. <laughs> I have got two boys. One's nearly 15 and one's 17. And sometimes they do wind each other up, often in fun. Sometimes they say things that I really wish wouldn't come out of their mouth. Ben's really good at that. (laughs) Sometimes I just find it really annoying and I wish they'd calm down. I get a little bit frustrated with them. I get a little bit impatient. I just want them to be a little bit calmer. But actually, rather than sons of thunder, I become the mum of thunder. Annoyed, frustrated, impatient. Sometimes I even shout. But Jesus spent three years... (laughs) Don't write that bit down. Jesus spent three years with James and John. What does it tell us about who Jesus is? It tells us that he's patient, that he hangs out with people with bad attitudes, bad attributes. It tells us that he doesn't mind being with the aggressive, the confrontational. You see, Jesus is a friend of sinners. Let's look at one more disciple. There was Judas. Anybody heard of Judas? Yeah. He was the treasurer of the disciple. So he took money to look after it for the disciples, but then he stole a bit for himself. He stole right under Jesus' nose. He kind of liked money. Judas betrayed Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. Do you think he had a money problem? When Judas kissed Jesus to identify to the religious leaders that this was the man that would later be arrested and brought to death, you know what Jesus turned to him and said? Friend. Friend, why the charade? That blows my mind. What does this tell us 
about who Jesus is. It tells us that Jesus hangs out with people who have habits, who have addictions. Judas was probably addicted to money. It tells us that Jesus knew that Judas would reject him and betray him, but he called him friend. You see, Jesus is a friend of sinners. Let's move from the disciples, because we don't want to give them all a bad press. We're going to look at a man called Zacchaeus. You can read about him in Luke 19, 1 to 10. If you grew up in Sunday school, you will know a well-known song about Zacchaeus. Do you know it? I bet it's going through your head, isn't it, right now? I'm not going to sing it. I promised the boys I wouldn't do that to them. But there's two things that you will know about Zacchaeus if you've heard of him. Number one, tax collector. Number two, he was short. So we've already mentioned about Matthew, who was a tax collector, bad news, thief, sinner. Zacchaeus took it to a whole new level. He was the chief tax collector. He was like the gang leader. He was the bad man. So not only did he take taxes from people and keep some for himself, he took money from the other tax collectors and kept it for himself. He was the bad man. But do you know what? Zacchaeus heard that Jesus was coming to his town. He was a Jew and he'd already heard prophecies of a Messiah and he wanted to know if Jesus was that guy. And so he made his way into Jericho and actually it was really, really crowded. There was a lot of people that wanted to see Jesus. Zacchaeus was short, I've told you that. And so what he had to do, because he was determined to see Jesus, was climb a tree. He climbed a sycamore tree. Jesus came through Jericho, through the crowd, and he stopped. And he looked up and he said to Zacchaeus, come on down because I'm coming to your house for tea. Jesus knew his name. Jesus is bothered about the one. The people, the crowd, They were grumbling. They were like, he's going to the house of a notorious sinner. See, everybody knew that Zacchaeus was the gang leader, the bad man. We don't know in the Bible what the conversation was between Zacchaeus and Jesus. But what we do know is that whatever happened while they ate tea, it impacted Zacchaeus. It impressed him. It convicted him. And he said, you know what? I'm forgetting all this bad stuff. I don't want to be going that way anymore. I'm going to give half my wealth to the poor and I'm going to return the taxes by four that I've stolen. Jesus looked at him and he said, salvation comes to your house today. Salvation, Jesus, son of man. He came to seek and to save those that were lost. Jesus is bothered about the one. What does this friendship tell us about Jesus? He's bothered about the man and not the sin. He knew Zacchaeus by name. He knows you by name. Jesus forgives when we admit we're wrong. Jesus spends time with sinners. You see, Jesus knew that Zacchaeus needed time with him. Jesus is a friend of sinners. I've mentioned quite a few men, and that's not a slant on men who had sin in their lives. So let's look at a couple of women. Yeah? Who else did Jesus befriend? There was the woman at the well. She was a scandalous woman. She was married five times and she was living with man 
number six. Now, to me, that's scandalous, but it's also very brave. Six men. Yeah. I have one man, and that's great. I don't want to swap him and train another. I said it was great. It's okay. In John 4, we can read about Jesus' encounter with this scandalous woman. Jesus was traveling and he stopped in Samaria. He sat at a well. He was on his own because at this point he was hungry and so were the disciples and the disciples had gone off to find food. Samaritan woman came to draw draw water from the well and he chatted to her. She was surprised. You see, Jews and Samaritans don't go well together. They didn't talk to one another. They didn't want to be with one another. Actually, Jews refused to have anything to do with Samaritans and vice versa. But yet this man, Jesus, a Jew, was talking to the Samaritan woman. He mentioned to her in a whole conversation that he knew about a scandalous life. But he also told her they had a key to a future. The woman realised in this conversation that Jesus is the Messiah. And she got excited and she ran to the villagers. And she said, come, meet this man. And do you know what happened? Jesus spent two days with the Samaritan people. People that Jews and didn't mix with. After which they realised this man was the Messiah, the son of the living God. What does this friendship tell us about who this man Jesus is? Jesus is bothered about all cultures, all nationalities. He's bothered about people's past. And he's also bothered whether you're living in scandal now. He loves you anyway. He could have avoided her. He didn't need to talk to her. But Jesus is for people. Jesus is a friend of sinners. Let's talk about another woman. A woman caught in adultery. And we can read about this lady in John 8, 1 to 11. The the Pharisees, the religious leaders, brought the woman to the temple where Jesus was teaching. They put her in front of the crowd. And then they said, teacher, this woman was caught in adultery. The law of Moses says, stoner, what shall we do? They were trying to trap Jesus into saying something that they could use against him. Ignored him. Ignored them. And he started to draw in the sand. That just reminds me of, a, of Jack, actually. He used to play for Real Kiston Town. And it's probably about five at this point, And he was at the Rutland Leisure Centre on the AGP, APG kit, pitch, whatever it's called. I'm not a footballer. And when he was five, so quite a few years ago, they used to like put sand all over it. And I remember the manager shouting, Jack, Jack, Jack Bailey, the ball. I turned round as his mum, thinking, what's he doing? He's obviously not looking. And there he was, bent on the sand, <laughs> making, and it's a true story, making pictures. The manager's going, Jack, he wanted to catch his attention. You can imagine, can't you, the Pharisees, Jesus, Jesus, come on, we want an answer. Jesus just t- looked up and he said this, all right, but let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone. The one who has never sinned, throw the first stone. And then he turned back and he started to draw again. One by one, the accusers slipped away. The woman stayed. Jesus looked to the woman and he turned to her and he said, go and sin no more. What does this tell us about who Jesus is? 
It tells us that Jesus is compassionate. Yeah, he spared the woman. Jesus gives second chances. He said to her, be free, face a different future, go and sin no more. Jesus is a friend to sinners. The disciples, Zacchaeus, the scandalous woman, the adulterous woman, all had sin in their lives. What does it tell us about this man, Jesus? Jesus is a friend of sinners. Just give your neighbour a little nudge. Jesus is a friend of sinners. I've mentioned sin many times, so we need to just have a little look into it. What is sin? Sin is mentioned hundreds of times in the Bible. It's defined in the original translations of the Bible as this, to miss the mark. It's like you're in a test and you've got to get 10 out of 10 to move on to the next level. And you get nine or you get eight. You miss the perfect score. You miss the full mark. The mark, the perfection established by God and evidenced by Jesus. You see, in Jesus there was no sin. In 1 John chapter 3 and verse 4, and it'll come on the screens, it says, everyone who sins breaks the law. In fact, sin is lawlessness. But you know that he appeared so that he might take away our sins. And in him is no sin. The original sin is when Adam and Eve ate of the knowledge, of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, and they disobeyed God. I know what it's like to be tempted by food. I especially know what it's like to be tempted by chocolate. Now, at Christmas time, Tim and I both had a bar of this. So I had one and Tim had one. And I ate mine probably second week into January because I didn't want to get tempted when we were in the fast. Yeah? Tim has still got his. Who has chocolate from December to April? No? I don't know. So it's in the cupboard, and every time I open the cupboard door, it goes. Literally, it speaks. It says, Helen, eat me. Tim won't mind. Helen, eat me. He'll never know. Um, (laughs) I think he counts it square by square when he takes it. My temptation, though, has much less of a consequence. I might put a bit of weight on. Tim might get a little bit annoyed about me. By the way, I have had some. Just give it a bit. (laughs) I've had a lot, because I thought... I better help him on his way because chocolate gets out of date, doesn't it? Adam and Eve, tempted by the enemy. It was a different voice, the enemy. They ate from the tree and the world was perfect no more. You know, Adam and Eve and us have been created with choice because God knows that forced love is not true love. The right choice not to eat They made the wrong choice. Sin entered the world and perfection was lost. Sin, the mark, the standard, the boundaries established by God for our good. The Ten Commandments, don't worship other gods, don't kill, don't commit adultery, don't lie, honour your father and mother. Boys, listen to that one. Don't steal, don't blaspheme, don't covet. Sin, those decisions, those choices that you make that you absolutely know are not right. Those habits, those addictions, that anger. 
Let's go back to the definition to Mr. Mark. You know, I know that I don't measure up to the perfection of God. I'm not perfect. I know that I've sinned. There's times when I've not honoured my father and mother. Who in here is perfect? Who has never sinned? I don't want you to put your hands up, but what I want to read this, what I want to read is this, and it's really important because this is the answer to who in here is perfect and who has never sinned. Romans 3, verse 23 says this, for all have sinned, all have sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard, the mark of perfection. Do you know the problem is with sin is it separates us from God. When Adam and Eve hid, when Adam and Eve sinned, they hid from God when he entered the garden. In Isaiah 59, it says, there's nothing wrong with God. The wrong is in you. Your wrong-headed lives cause the split, the separation between you and God. Your sins got between you. But, and it's a big but, and it's a really, really good but, because Jesus is a friend of sinners. He doesn't like sin. He loves us too much to leave us in our sin. And that separation does not have to remain. God had a plan. He sent his son Jesus to die on a cross to take away the sin. In Romans 5 verse 8, it says, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. I love it too, and I'm going to read it again. God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. In 1 Peter 2 and verse 24, it's written this way. Jesus was wounded for the wrong we did on the cross. He carried our sins to the cross so we can be rid of sin, free to live the right way. The cross, the bridge, the bridge from man to God. We no longer have to be separated. Christ paid the ultimate. He died for our sins. All we have to do is say sorry like Zacchaeus did. Realise what we've been doing and say, Jesus, I'm going to follow you. I started off with this, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Jesus calls us friends, not because of who we are, but because of who he is. All Jesus' friends have a different future because of him. Matthew followed him and wrote about him. Peter was remorseful and went on to build the church. James became a preacher and couldn't stop talking about him. John went from son of thunder to apostle of love. Judas knew his mistake. He couldn't live. Zacchaeus sought him, turned his life around and followed him. The Samaritan woman shared him. The adulterous woman got free because of him. Jesus is your friend, would do exactly the same for you. He wants to meet you where you're at. He knows you by name. He sees past your sin and he sees into your future. He's paid the price. Will you give him your life? He'll give you a new start. He'll give you freedom from past mistakes. He actually gives you a choice. Do you want him as your friend? You see, Jesus is your friend, gives you a promising future. Walk with the wise, become wise. Who today will you say this man Jesus is? Who today will you 
not your friend, but you, say Jesus, is. Do you know there's no sin too bad that he won't forgive? Because Jesus is a friend of sinners. I think sometimes we scale sin. Jesus doesn't. I want to give you an opportunity today to say, Jesus, I want to follow you. I just want everybody to close their eyes.